0: Hello and welcome to Harbor for the Arts. I am your host, opera singer Bree Cooper. I am not only an opera singer, I am a producer, I'm a podcast host, I'm a TV host. Um, and a whole lot of other things. Ran for Congress 2018 and 2020. Such a great experience. I definitely hope everyone gets an opportunity or decides to make that opportunity for themselves to run for office. I think it's really important. It's important for the arts. If you're an artist or if you are a lover of the arts, it's very important um, You know, I told you the last uh, episode or the one before last, because the last episode was with Dane Reese. And if you have not heard of him, please go check out the last podcast last week. I told you guys I am actually working on being more consistent. And I'm not just talking about my podcast. I'm talking about a variety of other things that I just realized, you know, for Lent this year, I could work on being more consistent. Definitely spending more time with less distraction. So I'm really, and this is good because this has been happening over the past few months. I've definitely become more aware that I don't need all these distractions. I am so torn in so many different directions, personally, professionally, um, as a parent, as a single parent. Um, You know, I'm just torn in a million different directions that you cannot waste your energy or time or breath on things that are not important or things that you know, make you feel less than or things that just kind of bog you down. Not be too concerned with, oh, I've got to do something every week. I think I'm just going to be a little more forgiving of myself and making sure that I do something about like whatever it is I'm working on every single week. It does not have to be every day. It doesn't even have to be the same time every day. It doesn't even have to be the same time every week. But as long as I have it on my list to be done, by the end of the week if it's not one of those things that's time time sensitive you know i'm just really going to work towards that and and reward myself at the end of the week if i've accomplished those goals and not reward myself with with food because we know i love food i am a foodie at heart my daughter is a foodie we are both foodies it's crazy um but yeah that's kind of where i am today and And, you know, this week has been really tough in my personal life, but I'm also looking at the world news and Russia and Ukraine. I'm not going to disparage anyone at all. I have so many friends that are first generation Americans and they're from their parents are from Russia. Um, And you know, I called them this week because I wanted to see how they were doing. I wanted to see, you know, what their world has evolved into right now. And so many of them were talking about, in my case, like they're all musician friends of mine. <sighs> they've already gotten this... The, the, they've already felt the impact of it. Um, two of my friends had jobs that... um Not that they were fired from at all. But, you know, they noticed that all of a sudden, someone from a concert series was like, oh, well, we decided we're going to put this on hold because of, you know, other reasons. But we all know what it is. And, you know, I just think about trying to be encouraging for them. Because I think at some point, in some way, we've all had to deal with... with that and especially as a classical singer, you get hired for a job, somebody else comes along who's probably more popular than you, you know, they're all of a sudden are like, oh well, you know, we decided to go with whatever, whatever, or whomever. And it's really tough, you know. And so I wanted to just be really uplifting for my friends who are Russian, who are going through these these tough times right now and how they're feeling how they're feeling a lot of them feel like i can't believe we did that uh you know everybody's happy and doing their thing and they are just really beside themselves like i can't i can't even believe this that leads me to my next topic the metropolitan opera is kind of the hot topic of the week and what all of these businesses are doing regarding their ties to Russia and, and their Russian relationships. So I'm going to le- read a little bit of what, um, what the Metropolitan Opera is actually doing. So the... Opera House, the Metropolitan Opera House announced Sunday that it is going to suspend its ties to Russian artists and institutions who are allied with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Um, In a video statement, it was posted to Facebook. The general manager, Peter Gelb, expressed solidarity with the people and leadership of Ukraine and said, as an international opera company, the Met can help ring the alarm and contribute to the fight against oppression. We can no longer engage with artists or institutions that support Putin uh, Putin ooh, Putin, or are supported by him. Not until the invasion and killing has been stopped. Order has been restored and restitutions have been made. So, you know, I have to, I have to honestly say that uh, I was surprised. It's been, it's been really exciting to hear whether you think it's right or wrong. It's been exciting to hear people really, you cannot be on the fence anymore about where you stand on certain issues. You just can't. You cannot be on the fence anymore. And you know when I learned this lesson? When I really learned this lesson, because as an artist, as kind of a public figure, someone who has to really get along with others in order to get another job, um, you know, a lot of times we walk the fine line. We are walking the fence and we it's a balancing act. You don't want to say anything that offends anyone. You, you know, you want to be friends with everyone. You kind of want everyone to like you in a way you really don't give a crap. But sometimes, you know, you want everybody to like you because 60% of our jobs in the performing artist as a performing artist, come from rehires, so if you make a great impression with one job and you impress someone, then you're going to possibly be hired for the next job that they have from a director or a stage producer. Case in point, um, I was singing with the Washington National Opera. This was years ago. And I decided, okay, well, you know what? I've been I've been on an international tour. I was on a Broadway show. I went to another opera company because they had an opening for a role that I wanted. Decided to move back to DC where where I was raised. And you know, I decided that I wanted to, you know, audition for the Washington Opera. So I did that. And I figured, okay, I'm just, you know, nobody really knows my name as far as, you know, I'm not a household name kind of thing. But I decided, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go into the Washington National Opera. I'm going to audition. I'm going to audition for the chorus. And I'm just going to be the best chorister ever. And you know who prepared me for this? Maestro Palumbo at the Lyric Opera of Chicago. One of the hardest maestros I have ever had to work with. And I don't mean he was mean. I mean, he was so... He demanded the best. And this was back then before... People gave credit to a lot of African Americans and their role in, as classical singers. He really spent time with so many different types of artists. If he felt like you had potential, he was going to pull it out of you. He raised that bar. He made you work so hard. Do not come into his um, rehearsal without knowing the score. Without rehearsing whatever it was that one day, and you go in for a rehearsal the next day, you better have it right. You better have it memorized. You better have it, um, uh, uh, you know, off book. You better have the pitch right. I mean, he really raised the bar and made such an impression for me, along with you know so many other people's. But I'm just talking about this one, this one situation. So with that in mind, it was ingrained in me like, oh, you know, just make sure you have all your music memorized. Make sure you have everything done. Um, And even during rehearsal, when you're rehearsing and you have to learn, you know, over 300 pages of music, um, every house is different. So every union rules are different. Um, some union role, rules say, you know what, you cannot expect uh, chorus members to learn these this this, um, sorry, this music or this score um, outside of the rehearsal hours. So in this case, I think that was back then that was one of the union rules that they, they had to teach during the designated time for people to memorize um, the, the music for the chorus. But I decided I th- that habit was just in me. He would, you know, the, the maestro would um, open, you know, say we're going to work on page, you know, 10 through 20. He would work on it. Pretty much to me, it felt like sometimes you spoon feed people the notes and everything, did that he was very nice very forgiving but I was so conditioned to be off book after you really memorize that music quickly like I learned music so fast back then I would go over whatever it was he had us do I would definitely do it twice and then the third time I had to close my book I didn't have to but I wanted to so I would close my book and every time like it by memorization, it was like a game I played with myself to see how fast I could memorize music. So I kept doing that. I came like fully just ready, focused, everything like that. And, you know, what ended up happening, long story short, is that I got pulled from the chorus during a rehearsal one day um, and, and the, uh, artist, the, the director, uh, sorry, the artistic director sat down with me and he said, um, uh, he sent the stage manner. He said, um, I'd like to see, you know, Bridget at the, at the break of the rehearsal. So I'm like, oh my God, here we go. What happened? So I go out there and I know nothing happened. I mean, I didn't do anything. All I did was learn my music and did that. Never in a million years would I have guessed that the artistic director, as well as the musical director, and at that time I'm dating myself, it was Placido Domingo, um, and the late great Edward Purrington, they sat me down and they said, you know, um, we hear you're doing really great things in the chorus, and I'd like to know, we're doing this opera, I think it was The Crucible, we're doing The Crucible, and I, we'd like to know if you would like to audition for the role of Tichuba and he said it was a premiere at the time it was a premiere and I was I just said oh my gosh of course I I'm I'm honored and so of course I was freaking out and by that time everybody on the stage was looking at me in the audience with Mr. Purrington and um, Placido Domingo. And I just could not, first of all, I couldn't believe this was happening. It was almost like a dream. Um, and that's how I got the next role. Um, It was from a rehire. Like literally, you make a good impression, they remember you, you get called back, and that's what I did. So it was an amazing, amazing experience. But I say that because the, the artist community... You know, that's how we get our jobs. So we usually have to be kind of on, on point with everything and, and just in the middle. But when I learned in 2018, when I ran for Congress, and I ran for Congress as a conservative when it was very unpopular because, you know, uh, President Trump was running and he caused a whole big brouhaha. And I really had to get over any sort of, any type of, it, how other people felt about me without making a stand for myself you know why so many questions you know why are you a republican why are you a black republican why is it so important to you to be conservative what is up with that and I had to get very clear I mean crystal clear with one my message two I could not teeter-totter on this on this fence. I had to pick a side. I had to make up my mind. I had to stand for what I know for myself to be my overall philosophy. And remember back then, I say back then, but it wasn't that long ago because it was post-2016 when there was so much hate in the U.S. and division and just everything like that and I just realized wow I really have to stick up for myself I really have to talk about what's important to me and before then I I, I mean so many people who I thought were friends um, were <laughs> literally dropped me like a hot potato and this is when people just didn't they were ignorant people were just ignorant because they didn't they forget that even though like I say I'm a I, I'm a i'm a republican or a black republican they think that oh my gosh here she is supporting trump whether i did or whether i didn't is honestly nobody's business and when you go vote for president you can vote however you want for whomever you want and that is what I realized. People are idiots. Like people just lump you all together without thinking, without asking questions, with any of that. So it was a huge learning curve for me, but it was a very great lesson, a valuable lesson. And I I say that because I'm proud of of these opera companies and especially the Metropolitan Opera Company who Never really, you know, they never picked a side until of course what we had last year with George Floyd. Um and 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 people had to take a really stone hard cold look at themselves. So that was the that was the first time where I actually experienced, you know, opera companies standing up and saying, you know, we're not gonna no. We're not we're not gonna have that. And as you know, there've been several several social justice movements for about a variety of topics since then. And it's been really wonderful to hear opera companies like The Met, which is still a dream of mine to perform in. I mean, I'm still, I still dream. I've auditioned three times for this company. Once as a young artist and then, no, twice as a young artist and then twice as, as a professional singer. So, you know, it's still a dream of mine, but I'm just really proud of the opera company for making that statement. Um, so let's move on to what we're talking about this week. So this week, you guys, I thought it was important to talk about this in the meantime. In the meantime, what are you doing? In the meantime, what are you doing? I read this book by In Iyan, I still can't say her name, Iyanla Vansant. And this was years ago. I mean, we're talking years and years and years and years ago. And um, I just thought it was a really great book. And it was called, it was called In the Meantime. I've never forgotten it. I still apply some of the lessons I learned from that book. And one of the biggest lessons was what are you doing in the meantime? What are you doing when that phone is not ringing? What are you doing now when you're concerned about the state of the world and what we what are we going to do and concerned about this pandemic? And what were you doing during the pandemic? In the meantime, until that next thing comes along, until the next gig comes along, how are you bettering yourself? For me, what I like to do is just kind of take stock of where I am. And I've always been one to kind of keep myself busy. Like I just, I'm just, I've always been a busy kind of person. There are jokes about me. (gasps) to this day, about how busy I am. Um, you know, I'm just always doing something, just busy. I just I just like to keep myself busy and, and engaged in whatever it is, take up a new hobby, take up a new project, but whatever it is, it needs to keep me motivated. And when the phone stops ringing, you know, when the phone doesn't ring because there's a new flavor of the month in town, you know, whatever. Because I don't want anyone to ever think that my destiny is ruled. I mean, yes, other people play a major role in helping you in your success. But at the same time, I don't want who I am to be so tied up with one person or one opera company or if I don't get this job or if somebody hates me, you know, what am I gonna do? That kind of thing. And I've kind of had that happen um, a couple of times in my singing career. And it doesn't feel so good. So I'm always working on things. I'm always trying to make myself better as a human being, as a singer, um, creatively, all of that, because we all go through stages as far as like feeling unmotivated, everything. So in the meantime, what are you doing? How are you keeping yourself engaged? How are you keeping yourself happy? Um, and when you talk about being engaged in the meantime, like, is it music or is it something else? Is it, I mean, maybe it's not music. Maybe you picked up a great new hobby. Um, in my case, maybe you ran for Congress. So I think it's really, really important that you think about in the meantime what are you doing we all had this what did you do during the pandemic that was a big old in the meantime you know nobody no one's phone was ringing then so then in the meantime of you know we start the pandemic start this shutdown we're in the shutdown nobody could sing nobody I had so many people do so many amazing projects in the meantime and during that in the meantime part of where you are evolving you need to stay focused on a couple of things number one never lose sight of what your goal is never lose sight of what your goal is work even harder towards whatever that goal is you're working towards and you know that phone may not ring but guess what when it does you're going to be ready and number two Never lose sight of who you are, who you are as a person, what you're going to deal with, what you're not going to deal with, how you're going to make yourself better, how you're going to live better as a performing arts. What is it that you can do to live better as a performing artist in the meantime? So those are, you know, those are just things that that I'm hoping everyone is thinking about and answering that question for themselves in the meantime how are you keeping yourself busy just how are you going to keep yourself sane (laughs) in the meantime you know i hate to see when artists really feel like they have to fall apart because the phone stops ringing or they didn't get a specific job they wanted or a specific gig or something like that and some people feel like it's the end of the world but it really isn't and it's really about finding time to Um, Fill your days when you have downtime and sometimes it means being busier than usual that's when you really have time to kick it in the high gear all of those days that we had during the pandemic I mean I learned four scores I wrote a musical I composed the lyrics uh worked with a composer it was really an amazing process for me so i'm hoping everyone continues to just find their in the meantime and what that is i would love 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 to hear from you and what your in the meantime is you can follow me on instagram Bree cooper mezzo soprano facebook Bree cooper mezzo soprano twitter i'm not really that engaged in twitter only because twitter is always in a bad mood to me i'm just like i just do not have time um but anyway that's bridget b-r-i-d-g-e-t-t cooper c-o-o-p-e-r on that's on twitter um and yeah you can email me anytime you like you can visit my website www.briecooper.net and continue to listen to this podcast harbor for the arts Where the Performing and Creative Arts Meets Lifestyle. I am so excited to be speaking with you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to follow Harbor for the Arts on Instagram. Let me know what your In the Meantime is.